Hey everybody, what's up? It's your girl Tiffany E for Dawn for the Count, and this is a little editor's note just to give you guys a little heads up. So if you notice some of our content is a little behind, my apologies for that. We had a power loss here which caused technical difficulties. So with all that being said, some of the content you may hear may seem like it's about a week behind. But don't worry, we're catching up. I'm editing the podcast. I'm getting them out for you. So if you're looking for the next episode of the Down for the Count podcast, it is coming. Don't worry, okay? So make sure you guys enjoy this episode of Down for the Count, and I will see you guys in the next one. Welcome back, you nasties, to Down for the Count podcast. As always, I'm your hot mess, Alexis, and with me are Tip and Nicole. Say hi, ladies. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I was chewing, but also hi. <laughs> Facts. Same. Uh, all right, so it's dinner time. Yeah, we got a lot to stuff to talk to you about this week um i'm just gonna make it here and clear in case y'all have came to hear us rant and rave about crown jewel we are not giving that any time on our podcast except from what i'm saying now uh hashtag fuck crown jewel and hashtag fuck saudi arabia come at me don't care and so we're gonna do a quick rundown of all the wrestling shows this week that we were able to watch let's start with Monday Night Raw. I'm gonna be honest. I cannot remember anything that happened on Raw. <laughs> I remember. I absolutely don't e- either. Like, um, Bobby Lashley and Rusev got into a little fight. He got arrested. Did you guys hear about Bobby Lashley? That was it. <laughs> Did you guys hear that Bobby Lashley is actually getting death threats because people think Lana's really stepping out on him? That's like dumb. Really? Like, I met Rusev. He is a very good-looking man. And I, I don't know if I sent y'all that picture. I just found it. But he, he was a very good-looking guy. And I'm like, if Lana ever leaves his ass for someone like Bobby Lashley, I'm personally going to kick it. You're a damn fool. Like, like you are. Bruce looked nice last Monday when he was on Monday Night Raw. Is not going to leave Rusev. You know what kind of off the wall shit she had to do when they were like getting married and she was like that whole story. transitioning into like his culture and all that stuff and uh, he was, they completely ruined. I think this is them paying back eight, um, I call them AEW. I think this is them paying back WWE for the, for them messing up that whole Summer, Summer Ray and Dolph Ziggler storyline. Oh, yeah. Because you remember they posted that they were engaged and they just fucked that whole thing up, and that was a good storyline. It. it was. They killed it before it could finally end, and they were pretty <laughs> mad about it. Yeah, I'd be mad too because it was actually good. Like, and a I lot of don't people loved usually it. like a lot of stuff like that, but it was just so entertaining for some reason. It was. I I can't remember anything. What did Seth do on Raw? He did something. Oh, he did he nothing was, important. He wrestled in Berto. Oh yeah, the White Power Ranger. Oh my God. Um. He, uh, I really hope WWE pushes Humberto. He he was really good. I he made 
Steph, I don't know what's going on, but that match was actually pretty good. Like, I was, I was in it. <laughs> oh my god it's gonna be one of those shows <laughs> isn't it? so nothing much happened on wrong uh, oh and Ric Flair was drunk that was it I didn't see that okay, I but I didn't talk about that okay. Ric Flair was drunk he was drunk he so, went off script it was terrible so at first I was like when he first came down, also we have to talk about Street Profits, because I have no idea how I forgot about that, because I yeah. love them. Um, but he, he was, like, walking down, and I was like, and I was like, his face is all red. I was like, Jesus, stop going Shannon. You should know that by now. <laughs> and then he started talking, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. And mind you, they're in Cleveland. So this yeah. is... <laughs> Where so Tim currently stays, or I'm from. So me and Tim are both Cleveland people. So yeah, I was like, so I tweeted. I was like, "Who took Rick to fucking Winking Lizard before the show?" <laughs> and thought it was okay. Okay. <laughs> you gotta explain. <laughs> Look, in Cleveland. Downtown and just about anywhere, there's a winking lizard. And it don't matter when you go in there, the beer is cheap, it's always crowded, especially around St. Patrick's Day. It's like, oh my God, that green beer they sell, they sell it for dirt cheap. People be getting fucked up. (laughs) Like, just. Slosh. You ain't seen nothing until you're 16 years old getting on the bus to go to school and people are laid out on the sidewalk dressed up in St. Patrick's Day stuff at 12 o'clock. Oh my God. Cleveland and St. Patrick's Day is the most insane thing you can do. And that's. It's fucking wild. Like, honestly, and this is to the point where I low-key don't think they should even have school. It should be like Mardi Gras, where they should even have yeah. school that day. That's how insane it is. You, it'd, be 10, it'd be 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and people be fucked up. I'm talking throwing up, green throw up behind dumpsters. The Ew. buses have to be routed because of Patrick's, the St. Patrick's Day parade done grew into this whole holiday is such a thing but on any given Saturday, Sunday, any type of event that's downtown Weekend Lizard is always packed, they've got cheap beer decent food and people are always in there getting fucked up, so when she said who took him to the Weekend Lizard I was like I was like, I don't know. They knew what the fuck they was doing. (laughs) And it's not not only that. So, Winking Lizard, I forgot which one it is. So, there's Winking Lizard, and there's also, sorry, I'm spilling some Cleveland stuff because this is when I really used to go out. Um, And (laughs) um, Barley House, a lot of like famous people, especially um, Bar- uh, Barley House and that West Fifth yeah. area. 
a lot of famous people, like athletes, stuff like that, like always frequent. And it's the Winking Lizard that's closest to um, Indians Field. I'm not calling it progressive. Yeah, it's, it's Jacobs Field. Right downtown. And I've seen quite it's right a in the middle people. of downtown. Yeah, this I've seen quite a few people in like famous people in there. So that's what I'm saying. So either someone took him the Winking Lizard, which I'm probably because it was probably trying to save money, or or they took him to sports because East Fourth Street got nice bars now, really good popping restaurant. If you ever come to Cleveland, just go downtown because like, like they have. Public Square has been turned into this nice little hot spot. Ohio City has a street with nothing but restaurants on it. It's a whole food but scene like here that nobody food scene. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm it's down. Coventry. Coventry. Coventry has all your vegan restaurants, all your gluten-free places, you know. Here's a salad. That's gluten-free. <laughs> But also the thing is, so and that also kind of made me a little bit salty when someone made that crack at how there wasn't no nice restaurants in Cleveland. I said, excuse me. I was like, Cleveland has one of the best food scenes in the country. And I'm not just saying that because I'm from there. I'm saying that from like, period. I lived in Columbus for four, I lived in Columbus for four and a half years. Our food scene is still, and Columbus is technically a bigger city. And obviously, and that's our yeah. capital. Columbus's food scene is still behind Cleveland's food scene. Cleveland was doing True. shit um, two two years before we were doing shit in Columbus, and that's still today. Like it's slow, it's kind of getting there, but that's how I was telling people. I was like, "What the?" Fuck? I was like, and when they was clowning, fighting in a restaurant, I was like, "Well, that's like normal downtown." <laughs> that's why nobody. That's why everybody just sat there. Yeah, I'll have to come up to Cleveland and have a couple beers up there. It, that shit, Cleveland's wild. I always come St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is day. It's St. Patrick's Day, New Year's. Um, what's another game? Oh, any game day, especially mm. if it's like playoff game, World Series. Um. Football game. Downtown be lit. <laughs> that's that's when my ass stays at home. Cause I'm just gonna be like, there's too many freaking people around here. And if I'm gonna get wasted, I'm gonna do the in my own house. So if I puke and packed out, I can do it in my own bathroom. There well, we go. No, people like, take care people take care of you in Cleveland. Like if you messed up like especially like something like a St. Patrick's Day, like it's a very, it's a big city, but every, like, people who are from there in the area is, like, it's still very, like, like, very, like, small town mentality. So, if, like, they see someone, like, okay, they're messed up, they'll be like, hey, like, well, like, where's your friends at? Let's go see if I can call somebody for you, or let me call you an Uber, or. Mm -hmm. All right, that's pretty cool. Apparently, in the southern hospitality around here, but I've never seen any southern hospitality. We just kind of like, why don't you just go sit over there and pass out? We're, we're kind of tired of dealing with you. <laughs> All right, so heading to AE. Oh, Street Profits. Um, like, can I just see Street Profits every Raw? Because then I would be happy. You know, Paul Hammy loves the Street Profits. 
Well, me and Paul Heyman can finally agree on something. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm so happy that they won the first match, and it was a really good match. And it's at the the end when they're going through the crowd. I'm like, this is old school wrestling right here. Like going through the crowd to celebrate with your fans because you just won. And who was it, Montez, who picked up the yes. baby? Yes. And I'm thinking Bianca is somewhere screaming, put that child down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that monster eating like put that baby back where it came from or so healthy. <laughs> but like that that's a cool baby though. Like he was really getting the baby was getting into it. And I was like, all right, so even the kid knows street profits are great. But I'm just I'm so happy they won their first match on Raw. I'm just uh I love them. I want to see more. Like give me more, give me more, give me more. Yeah, that was a good spot for them. I don't even remember who they wrestled, but I'm just like, fight, Street Profits are on my TV, and they won. That's all I care about. The OC. They went up against the OC. And oh. they helped introduce Kevin Owens back into the Raw. So I was like, see, fuck yeah, that was awesome. See, that kind of, I was just like, because I was thinking, it's like, it's, it's going to be Ricochet. It's going to be Ricochet because AJ, AJ Styles is still the U.S. champ. And I'm like, okay, Ricochet comes out, and they're going to start that feud over again. That would be cool. And then I see Kevin Owens run out, and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy to see Murder Bear on my TV, but where does he fit in? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just, it was, see, I totally forgot it was the OC. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. My, sorry if I seem out of it it was my child it was my daughter's fifth birthday yesterday and that's like what my brain was kind of on all week but oh no i'm so i have the street profits the street profits winning kevin owens doing his big return and uh what else no i think that's just like the two big things to stand out raw for me this week well there were no women on the show well the, the women were all down in australia um, Becky had an ESPN summit that she went to, so she didn't go. I really want to watch that. I heard it was good. But honestly, like, shout out to Becky, because I know we clown Seth, which I'm, I'm okay with clowning Seth, but, like, she, like, she really is, like, carrying the brand. Like she's the face of the, she's the face of Raw and she's the face of the company because she's like yeah like Seth likes to say that he is but Becky's out here doing work she's going to these stuff she's going to events like she's showing the champ she's showing the championship out of regular WWE settings so well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Becky here in a little bit because um. She kind of shut down people on Twitter this week, and yet again, Becky Lynch, freaking amazing. And she did it in a like way, too, so. Now was here uh, for it, because it should have happened. So, besides Street Profits and Kevin Owens, did anything else happen on Raw? The baby. <laughs> the baby. <laughs> what? I, that, ba- that baby stole the freaking show. <laughs> Like, how is this newborn more entertaining than three hours of pro wrestling? I want to know. 
I want to know if, if you parents of that child, your kid's going to be awesome. That's also his new um, Twitter and <laughs> Instagram. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That yes, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. He is such a mess. That is adorable. But, you know, Bianca's like, nope, uh-uh, nope, no, no, no. Put, put that baby back. <laughs> Oh, don't you bring that over here to me right now. <laughs> Montez has two kids, though. He what? Yeah, he, yeah, has, he has two kids from a previous relationship. Yeah, he has two kids, and they, they seem to love Bianca. From the pictures that you see, they seem to be happy. So I don't think Bianca... How are you liking the podcast so far? I hope you guys are enjoying it. If you have a topic that you think we should be discussing on Down for the Count, don't hesitate to contact us. You can send us a voice message right here on the Anchor app, or you can hit us up on social media. Our Instagram is at D4TC underscore podcast. Our Twitter is at Down for the Count 19. And we'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll let you get back to the podcast. to have any kids especially not right now i'd be like nope put that baby down um nope we don't need this right now i'm trying to be an NXT champion <laughs> all right so yeah the baby sold her off the baby in the street profit sold her off like <laughs> all right so, so uh oh yeah well we already talked about about Rusev and them, and it's just like, whatever. Uh, so, AEW actually seemed pretty good this week. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, well, let's get this out of the way before I talk about the rest of the show. And this is kind of what the wrestling dirt sheets have been focusing on, or the, the news sites or whatever have really been laying on thick this week, is they took another jab at WWE, and it wasn't even subtle. It was just full-blown bullshit, honestly. Um, The inner circle was banned from coming to the show, so they did the classic heel move where they bought tickets and they were disrupting the show and all that. And uh, Team Cody, that's what they're actually calling them, was uh, in the ring. And... And Cody got on the mic and he said, oh, no, Jericho, this isn't like the company we used to work for. Just flat out said it. Okay. I'm like, sorry, is. I'm just saying. I'm just like, so, and that's like they've been focusing on that. And the show actually was really good. Um, Unfortunately, Taz wasn't on it. If you guys want to hear good commentary that AEW could have, go watch AEW Dark because it had Taz on it this week and he is a great, great commentator and they need to put him on there instead of JR. I agree. So they started that and then a huge ass bra broke out. Um, A wild DDP appeared like out of freaking nowhere apparently. Um, So now rumors are starting that he's going to come back into wrestling after he said, you know what, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty good where I'm at right now. Um, Inner Circle kind of locked themselves 
in their little box there that they were in and they were taunting Cody. And Cody kind of does like one of the most badass things I've ever seen him do. He took MJF's scarf, tied it around his hand and punched the glass in, <laughs> opened the door and started beating the shit out of everybody. And I was just like, okay, Cody, I fuck with you on that. And uh, him and Jericho had like, this huge brawl and, and they basically destroyed the Dippin' Dots cart of some peace Dippin' Dots. I don't know why anybody would ever want to hurt you. Uh, <laughs> and just a, just a good old-fashioned brawl broke out. And I've been waiting for one of those to happen at an AEW show. Like, I just remember there was this episode of Lucha Underground and like all hell broke loose and every single guy came back from that locker room and they were all fighting. The women were fighting the dudes, the dudes were fighting the women, everyone was just fighting. The rabbit tribe was being weird and they just set up on like the ring coast and was watching everybody else fight. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, yes, we need this. Um, but that was actually really cool because they're trying to build up to their, um, I, don't, I guess, first major pay-per-view. I don't, I guess, I don't know, but. Well, yeah, technically you could say that. Because okay. they're now officially a show, but they're like full gear would be their their very first pay per view since they started their show. Yeah, which I do want to go to one of their pay per views because they're decently priced. I'm waiting for them to come in this area of the country, hmm. especially in my area because um, what's her name it is from Detroit, Brandy. Even oh, though she good. says she's not from Detroit, you are from Detroit. It's fine. That's like how I, it's, it's, we do that in Ohio too. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get on her for that. But she is from this area. So I was like, AE, I was like, AEW either needs to come here to Toledo or they need to go to Detroit, which Detroit isn't far from me at all whatsoever. So that's I not. I thought they had a show in Detroit. Mm-mm. No, they're the same way. They're next next month or in December. They're coming to Nashville, and that's the closest they're coming to me. And where I'm at right now, Nashville's at least a two and a half hour drive if you don't count traffic. Mm. Uh, yeah, Detroit's not even an hour for me. Oh, hey, come to Toledo and come to Knoxville. We can <laughs> sell beer at shows. Honestly, and also in my city, but I'm kind of am. They can go to um, Fifth Third, or they can go to like that's like the perfect size for them. I mean, they had SmackDown there. I doubt SmackDown will come there again, but we've had a SmackDown in Toledo, and we had we actually had a live event here, a WME live event, a couple months ago too. So I'm like in that area, in that stadium, it's like it's not too big. Like, like it's big, but it's not like overbearing. And I just feel like like that's an easy spot. And it's like WWE doesn't come here often enough. And I feel like it's a good city that they can kind of like, I don't want to say like take over, but utilize. Right. Because because they're doing the smart thing by going to a lot of cities that 
WWE doesn't frequent. Cleveland's kind of a little bit out of the picture. They could go to Cleveland, but they do so much there, and they will eventually, and will eventually get a WrestleMania there once the stadiums and all that get like built up and all that. But we have pay per views there. They come there a few times. They at least have one pay per view in Cleveland a year. And I don't think it's a venue small enough. They could go it to is the Center. Yeah, yeah the Wolstein. And then the um there's a convention center um here that's smaller. But like full sale is the perfect size for AEW or um NXT style oh, event. I think, right? I think they'd be too I think um full sale would be too small for full sale is almost becoming too small for NXT. And that's just one thing that I, I'll get into when we go to NXT. But yeah, so all you um, AEW people who might be listening, look at alternative Ohio cities more so where I live at because it'll be convenient for me. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, technically, technically for me, Ohio is only a five-hour drive. So if I can find a place to crash at, I can come watch a show with you. You can stay with me. Yay! And also, I want to see, honestly, I just want Joey Janelle to come to my city so I can have him, so I can just, like, take him out drinking. Just, like, hang out with him. That seems, like, fun and horrible at the same time. Yeah, I probably <laughs> regret it, but... It, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. Also, Joey, if you're listening, I will see you at Mania Weekend. Ooh. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got the last two teams to take part in the AEW tag team tournament BS thingy to crown their first tag champions. Final match will come down to the Lucha Brothers and SCU. Um, Good. Sucks because Lucha Brothers. Beat private party, but it looks like it was a really great match. Um, SoCal Uncensored, it has Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels in it, but I just can't get behind them for some reason. I really can't. I don't know why. But, um, you know, they the uh, SCU beat the Dark Order, which is probably the most boringest tag team I, they, they have right now. I can't stand Dark Order. I, I just don't get them. And it's not even like a Marco stunt. I don't get. It's like I just don't get. Him. I just don't get them. Like what? What is their purpose? <laughs> I don't. To me, they just remind me of like too many wrestling. Like to me, the the court, the ministry and the corporate ministry did it better. So to me, these just look like cheap knockoffs. That they just they look like they look like gimps more than anything. And I'm just. I'm not scared of gems. Yes. <laughs> All right. So it looks like they're they're trying to push Kenny Omega now because him and Joey Janela had a match that brought down the house. It was not hardcore. It was a regular wrestling match. So, so for all you little marks out here who are saying Janela can't wrestle more than a hardcore match, watch this and this will prove you wrong. I'm really getting sick of these guys saying that guys like Joey Janela and Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc can't wrestle regular matches without the hardcore stipulation. And I'm like, well, you know who they also used to say that about? John Moxley. So, 
and if my, my if my brain works as good as I think it does, he's only been in like one hardcore match since he showed up. But I couldn't be mistaken. Um, also, I think and, that might probably have to do with his staff infection and like Wall being susceptible to that, and well, like his wife that he yeah. has to be around, hang around for. Well, I'm not even talking about AEW. He hasn't done like any super hardcore matches that I've seen since no, he's he left. It. So, I mean, if you're going to sit here and say hardcore guys can't transition out, I've seen Jimmy Havoc matches that are hardcore, and he puts a great show. Darby Allen, the little emo le- uh, lemur, he puts on a great show, too. He, it doesn't always have to be hardcore rules. Um, but we'll check that. That match looks really good, and I'm all for them finally doing something with Omega. They're finally pushing him. So, I'm and what capacity? Like, what's the storyline? Hold on. I feel like he kind of doesn't need a... Well, yes, he does need a storyline, because technically, regardless of how I feel about him every once in a while... He is one of the best wrestlers on there out of, like, the elite. He is the best out of all of them. I agree. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what they're doing with him. Cause I didn't they watch need to fucking do something. I'm I don't watch AEW at all. And I was upset. I was just like, well, he went to AAA, and now he's a AAA champion. So what are they going to do? Because AAA has no plans for their title right now at the moment. That's completely off the table for the company. And he's walking along with the title in AEW. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think Omega's going to turn heel. And I see I see him turning heel at full gear and costing Cody the match. And then like, he comes out and says, you know, you, like, he comes out and says, Cody, you know, you were supposed to make this full opportunity. And here you are, you know, wrestling the, like, wrestling the champion. You made Darby Allen wrestle a uh, burner match. You you know, all this going off on the young bucks, all that. I, I think Omega's going to turn heel because you're seeing frustration building up with him. That's what I At think. His match with Moxley? He hasn't even had them? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he yeah. had full gear. Yeah. He's had full gear. I don't see him winning against Mox. And then when he gets super frustrated, he's going to toss Cody the title. And that's why I think Jericho's going to retain. But that's you really think that's going to happen. I think I think it's an idea because I don't think they're going to play hot potato with that belt. They shouldn't. That's the problem WWE has right now. They're playing hot potato with titles, and then it's like, and by the time someone who get who we <sighs> needs a title gets one, the fans are over it, and they're just like, yeah, whatever. Well, um, now it's if they don't know when to take the title off of people. Because they should have dropped the title a couple months back. Uh, don't mean crap. If, like, that's why I lost all interest in the Raw Women's title when they were doing that hot potato between Tasha and Charlotte. I was just like, are they really doing this? Because this is just dumb. Yep, um, they were doing it. Um, I mean, the title, but going back and forth, yeah, that, that was unfortunate. But that was an afterthought for me because I just enjoyed the rivalry between the two. It was a good rivalry. So 
I, I was okay with the title going back and forth between the two of them. I was all right with that. I'm not, I was, I'm not okay with the way the titles have been booked as of recently with the, the lackluster opponents, the lackluster matches, the lackluster buildup. Other than Bray Wyatt versus Seth, that was really the only rivalry he's had that had a decent build and had a near perfect finish. Right. But, you know. Yeah, but um, but speaking of hot potato, I honestly, and this is like no shade to Rio. Like I'm glad she's like doing her thing, but I honestly like I want that. I feel like that title should be given to somebody else because it's making like she's like she. Well, it's also like that women's division needs to get focused on more. And taken seriously. Well, I mean, it's taken seriously, but it's no focus on it. Right. Like it should be. So, like, I don't care about Rio. And this is, again, this is no shade to her. Like, she's a great wrestler, but I just don't give a fuck. So, no. I don't take the women's division there seriously. I want to be honest. I just don't. Um, there's, there's no. They're so they need to take it. They need to take it off of her and put it on someone. And like I said, and this is me, so I understand why Jericho was chosen. I feel like uh, that's a good way to start a promotion is to have a heel champion because I feel like that brings prestige. That's how I felt about when Rhea Ripley became the uh, NXT UK Women's Champion. She's a massive heel. She's a fucking asshole. And I don't know what Pete Dunne is. Pete Dunne is, is just like him. But I he was. But when he won it, he was a he was a heel because he was against Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate was. I love him. He was a good first champion, but it was it meant more when Pete got it. Yeah. Sometimes, like, we love those big baby face, uh, baby face moments, like when they get the belts. But sometimes you really need a heel champion. And especially going into, like, a new, especially going into a new thing, that's why I feel like, um, speaking of impact, I'll just mention impact very brief- briefly. That's why I low key think, um, Sammy Callahan might win against him and Brian Cage for the for the heavyweight championship. Well, they so have their I think they should have. Yeah, but I think AEW is really dropping the ball with their women's division severely. Well, the only women that I have seen on AEW television, and I'm going to count AEW Dark because it is by far the more superior show, I've seen the Super Librarian, I've seen Blue Pants, Blue Pants, I've seen her twice. (laughs) It is, it's Blue Pants. It is. (laughs) Fuck out of here. I'm sorry, but that's funny to me. It's <laughs> There's no women matches on AEW Dark. I've seen Nyla once. 
I've seen, uh, I've seen Bates on there twice. One time she was coming down with the dude, and then the other time she was actually wrestling. And then she I've still needs seen... some work. Yes. Um, I think that's all I've seen. And then, like, on actual TV, it's Rito and Britt Baker. I know who is your favorite of all time, Nicole. Why did they just put See, I don't mind. See, I just think, I don't even know if I want to have a hot take like this already and not even have any alcohol. I think she's okay. (laughs) I think she is okay. And I'm going to leave it at that right now. I think she is very okay. Okay. Speaking of uh, title whores, the Young Bucks defeated Best Friends. Looks like Orange Cassidy did another great suicide dive, hands and pockets. Uh, Britt Baker defeated uh, Jamie Hayter, whoever the hell that is. And then can we just talk before we get into the, the mock and pack match, can we just talk about that weird ass promo that Brandy did after the women's match? <laughs> what the fuck was that? She looks like oh my god, I just fucking remembered. You do you watch Family Guy? Yes. Yeah. You know that that monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is it that it reminds you of? Because if everybody don't watch that guy, they don't know. Okay, so there's so in Family Guy, Chris, um, Chris has Chris is the son. He has this monkey, this evil monkey that lives in his. I heard, I think he lives in his closet. Sometimes yeah, the monkey smokes every closet. once in a while. The evil monkey that lives in my closet. Yeah. Sometimes he doesn't, but he always does this weird, like, like you see his teeth and he's like, does like this finger point at doom and just does, just stares and then oh runs off. God. And that instantly reminded me of that. I said, what the fuck is she doing? That is exactly what it is. That is a, a highly accurate description. I'm, I'm dead. Kids, let me tell you something. If you come up to somebody and you put your finger in my on someone's forehead and tell them shh like a dog, prepare to get hit. Because that's what's gonna happen to you in real life. You don't you don't you don't pull that shit on grown folks. Oh you? no, I'd have fought her. That's how you get Case or not. Get your finger out my fucking face. <laughs> Break your finger. And then tell oh, you to stop. All right, so AEW had their first ever, at least to me, their first ever really big moment that does not involve anybody in the elite or the inner circle. So it was the rematch of John Moxley and Pac. Great freaking match. Comes down to it. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Go watch it. It's probably one of the best matches of the year so far for that company. It gets to a time limit. Mox was almost on the verge of winning. He gets out, or he gets up, starts yelling at the ref, ref yelling back at him, and he freaking DDTs the referee. And then Kate Faye gets hit with a fine. And 
pretty much saying this is strike two if you want to begin your file. Seeing John Moxley gifts of now and then, I was one of them, and it's just great. Yes, 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 yes. Because apparently the first time he did it, it was at All or Nothing, where he did. You mean All In, or was it All or Nothing? All or Nothing. All In. I don't know. All In what? All In was the first one. No, All for us. Whatever. It's all something. It's like one of the fucking ones, dumb casino bullshit. It's the one where he didn't carry on, on the Omega off the top of the poker chips. Amazing. That was the first one. All right. Well, he DDT the ref again, and they're, uh, hang on here. Uh, I don't care about the poker. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't like the matches have a time limit. I know, especially on TNT, they're allowed to go over a because all they're doing afterwards is showing the same damn show and TNT really has nothing else going on at the live shows. TNT um, replays um, AEW quite often. Yeah, a lot. Because so always, there's TVs at, at my job everywhere. I mean, like, everywhere, like, up in, like, where, where I normally work at, also, like, downstairs. And I remember I came down for something. I think it was like even on a Saturday, and I was like, "I have AEW playing." That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I noticed it a few times after that. I think it was, um, it was like a Sunday night. It was like a Sunday or something. I'm like, dang, they really are getting their money's worth out of this. Yep. But I I would actually recommend I'm really not gonna talk on production or commentary because that's just a whole nother another mess. But um this week's show is actually really decent because you're finally seeing like some sort of interaction between the inner circle and Cody and his little followers and uh like that would have been you know what just a side note how cool would it have been if Cody Rhodes got a cult leader gimmick then no I don't like actually I think he could pull it off if he practiced he's charismatic (laughs) no honestly he's charismatic is not that he could not and that's what I said I was like he's not my favorite at times but he connects very very well with the audience for some reason I don't know if that's like some leftover essence his dad released in the air when he passed away or something. But mm-hmm. no, and I'm like, and I'm being completely serious. Like he just has like this weird like connection, like where the crowd is like instantly enthralled with him. Right. So I mean, if they do it right, hell, do it. Shit, I'm all for a good. A good spooky gimmick. Those are that's my jam. So, <laughs> God. I think, I'm a traditionalist, I think... and I don't, I don't see, I don't, I see Cody's charisma. I see his charm. I can see his ability to capture people. But I just, I genuinely shut down when Cody comes on screen. I don't okay. know why. There's something about Cody that, that 
makes me feel like he, even though I know she's playing the character, it just doesn't, to me, that character doesn't register. And I feel like his wrestling skill isn't where it needs to be. He's okay as a wrestler, but he's not some great entity that everybody makes him out to um, I mean, I'm not giving him shit either, but finally just because something happened and it wasn't just like, you know, they're talking back and forth or Jericho coming out there and setting a 20-minute Triple H, Triple H promo. And oh, no, I'm not giving him shit. Like, I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm glad they had a good show. I'm not mad about that at all. Actually, I, I just didn't watch it. And I was watching NXT. I was enthralled with NXT. So I had no inkling to even think of AEW, but I'm glad they had a decent show, and I'm glad they were able to move that story along so that it made sense by the time Full Gear came around because it seemed like they were having a slow burn, but I'm happy that they were able to pull it off and to make it basically something worthwhile, you know what I'm saying? One thing before we move on to the NXT, and I'll let you take over because I haven't watched NXT yet. So, MJF, you're listening, bruh. I know that shit little Burberry, because I saw that same thing hanging up at Ross today when I went, and it was only $9.99. So, you are full of shit, my dude. <laughs> she sent a picture of this, <laughs> of this scarf. It was like, I found a scarf. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Real Burberry my ass. Okay? She found it at Ross. I was like, hell no. Nah. Ten bucks. I know your ass can't afford Will Burberry. And I was with my husband and I was tracking up and he couldn't figure out why. And I go, I just told him, oh, this looks like what a wrestler wears. And he says it's real Burberry. And he goes, what's, what's Burberry? And I said, it's a really, really pricey designer. And I said, these scarves could be start anywhere between like $300 and up. And he goes, yeah, that dude ain't wearing a real Burberry. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> he stole, I'm going to guarantee you, he stole a Burberry tag and had someone's mom liquid stitch that shit on it. Aww. And he's trying to it up as real fucking Burberry. And I'm like, sit your ass down. Like, <laughs> no. Like, hell no. <laughs> You just tug on a scarf and look for tag. Right. That's some trash right there, bro. I'll do it. I will do it too. Don't think I'm <laughs> talking shit about Dungeons and Dragons. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> All right. I got that out of my way. Let's talk about NXT. I loved it. It was awesome from the first match to the last setup. It was just fun. 
It was so much fun to watch. I loved it. Bianca started out with Rhea Ripley, and that match was fun to watch. EO and got involved. Candice took her out. So you got a match set up for next for this week for that. Rhea Ripley ended up winning. So they're saying she's going after Shayna Baszler. They had um, in between there, what was it? There was a match with um, Gentleman Jack and I can't think, Angel. Angel Garza. That's his name. There was a match with them, which that match was good too. It was fun to watch. I like Angel Garza. Hey, thank you so much for sticking it out with us at Down for the Count. So we're just taking a little commercial break to let you guys know that we are on two social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. You can hit us up there with any news that you want us to discuss, any topic that you want us to discuss. We got you. Just send it to us. We are all for people. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, so make sure you guys stick with us at Down for the Count, and we're going to continue on with our show. He's a, he's, he's kind of a a pretty boy asshole, but it's cool, you know. He's a third generation. He is. And Gentleman Jack is, um, has always been a great wrestler. Um, Pete Dunn was seen, but he didn't wrestle, as far as I know. Um, he looked good was, though. That's all that yeah, he had. He had on a suit, and it it was a jacket actually. He had I can't remember if the lapels were velvet or if the jacket was velvet. The lapels were because I was like, wow, that's the nice. lapels of the jacket were velvet. If you don't know what a lapel is, it is literally the collar of the jacket. It's what is folded on top of your jacket. Okay, so that's a lapel. It was velvet. And it looked beautiful. And I was like, why can't Seth look like that? Okay? Why? Why do you always have to look like you roll around in dirt before you come to work? Why can't he look like that? And I mean, he looked good. Okay? It fit him nice. I was like, damn, Pete. And Tyler Bate looked good. Tyler Bate always looked They always look good. They do. They take so much pride in their clothes. But... Those Seth has a great cute. body, and that's what makes me mad about it, too. I think he could dress really nice, but I don't think Becky don't give a shit. She just, like, let him be what he want to be, you know, but that's he love. Yeah, right. Could, that's love. Couldn't be me. No, nah, <laughs> I love you, then you gonna look nice. Like, I'm gonna make you look nice. Upgrade your dude. Like, Becky looked nice when she went to the ESPYs. She put a dress on. Her dress looked nice on her. She looked oh, nice. Man. Her hair was fine. When she went to that summit thing, her yeah. face was beat. Her top was, knot was. I was like that. I was like that woman is beautiful. I was. She looked very pretty at that ESPN Women's Summit, but NXT was lit. It was. It was so dope. And it really, the, the end just gave you kind of like a cherry on top of the Sunday. The whole show was just full of so much fun. And was the match with Roderick Strong and, okay, the match with Roderick Strong, Keith Lee, and Dajakovic was. That was at the, the end. That was the main event. Okay, so that match was so 
much fun. But before was, that, it was so was much fun. The tag, the women's tag team match. Yeah, it was. <laughs> okay. That was to me. That was the worst match of the night. Marina and Jessamine need a lot of work, but they have they have improved from their from the time I saw them perform to now. But they are, and, and you know what I thought was interesting was the fans didn't react to them at all. They didn't boo. They didn't cheer. They didn't do anything. Now, they cheered for Tegan and Dakota. They came out there. They wrestled. I mean, they came out there, did their entrance, went in the ring. But when Marina and Jessamine came out there, they were up, and then they started to slowly sit down. And when they did their entrance in the ring, it was dead silence. You could hear everything. And I'm sitting here like, what the fuck just happened? What what just are, happened? Are those the girls who like run around with uh Shayna and they don't really do or say anything except get involved with matches? Yep. Yeah, so what makes me mad, Jessamine um Jessamine Duke has a little bit more work. Marina could be real good. She could be. Because I was really looking at her and I was like, wow, she could be a really good technical wrestler. Yeah, and I was really looking at her, and I was like, "Oh, I said, so, I was like, I don't know." I said, "Someone really needs to work with her and hone in because she could be really, really good." Because I was looking at her, I was like, "She has something." Yeah, and she's married to Roderick. Roderick, one of the best superstars they got in NXT. Why he ain't training her? And if Which he I is, think he, I think he is because that's what I was looking because she kind of, like some of the stuff that she was doing is very similar. I low key think she should. They need to have them in a the ring more. That's that's the first thing they need to be in a ring way more. Um, I think she also should adopt the backbreaker like he does. Especially she since she's a she's a MMA. She'd be able to pull it off. She's she's a, she used to be an MMA. MMA fighter. She's strong enough to be able to pull. I love that. I love backbreakers. I because it looks like somebody dies every time you do it to them. (laughs) I'm not serious. I love how that looks because it literally looks like you're killing somebody. Her hip toss is real nice. She put she put a lot of power behind it, but that's all she did was that hip toss, and then she she kept Dakota in the corner. Now, Jessamine tried. You know, she kicked and did things. It just looked like they were unsure of what they were doing. Jessamine always looks awkward in the ring, always looks like she always looks like she uncomfortable. But it, it, that, was the, that was the worst match of the night. It, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It could have been, but it wasn't. I was just like, okay, well. We're going to move on because everything can't be perfect. But, yeah, when you get to the match with Keith Lee and Dajakovic and um, Roderick Strong. Hold on just two seconds. Uh, Once you get to that match, I just have to talk about Kabuki Warriors real quick. Oh, boy. I just love that (laughs) promo. I love that promo. 
because it was just like Asuka looked fucking scary. She did. And Kyrie sounded like like some like some horror like some Japanese woman in a horror movie. Like she's like the grudge or something. And I I just I just loved it because it was just you could not because you, you couldn't understand it, but you felt what they were saying, if that makes yeah. sense. Like it was just very threatening. And it was just like and it was just like like I I don't think I've seen the translation for it yet, but it was just kind of them like like mocking them, like, Oh, look at you little broken knee bitches. Right. Like you can hang with us. No. We'll see we'll see you next week. And that's what I just loved about it. They were just so like it was very imposing. Only thing just, they said that I understood was you won't win. And I was like, Oh, okay. So Yeah. <laughs> And they shouldn't, and they shouldn't win. Um, with them, I love like the them, but they should not win. That, okay. I love say? the fact that I love the fact that Oscar is incorporating the green mist into her makeup, where it looks like she's bleeding from the eyes. With yeah, this is, I think that shit's dope. Oh, I love green mist. If I was a wrestler, I would have a mist. That's I. Oh, I love it. I think Nicole's right. I think Finn should adopt the mist. It should be black or red. And it would but, just be fucking killing. Well, the different kinds mean um are like different like power levels. Does that make sense? Like the black one, like like literally, like it's supposed to blind you. In mm-hmm. kayfabe term, I forgot what the red does. I think a red's supposed to like paralyze you or something, and the and the green is supposed is like it's like it jars you. So it's like it's it blinds you, but not for like an X amount of time. Like it's more of like what the like fuck is going on? Yeah, like whoa, like what happened? It's it's kind of like you blank out and then you realize like, like what happened? Like where am I at? Uh, there's something more traditional I think about the green mist too, just because I guess we saw Tajiri do it, and it's just like engraved into into my head at least. But I think there's something traditional about the green mist too. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do a different color besides that I I've have seen, I've, I've seen, seen black it. and I've seen red oh. I've seen them do it well hell tell me where you get it and I'll just start decorating people for Christmas shit <laughs> it's, it's a food coloring in water <laughs> I know what I'm doing after we're done with this tonight <laughs> yeah, I get swishing, some, swishing some food coloring in your mouth <laughs> Don't call me when your teeth is stained, because I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to regret that decision later. But um, going back to the Meat Twins real quick, what have they done? Have they done anything else besides, like, fall around Shanna Baszler for a year? No. Nope. Because you know, they, I completely forget that they're there half the time, just because they do absolutely nothing. They helped Shayna retain that title. That's about it. Shayna's like AJ. She's a good heel. She doesn't need shitty. What? What lemon? You are you a Shayna Blazer fan? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but no, it's like going back to AJ Styles. AJ's a good heel by himself. He doesn't need Gallows and Anderson. If anything, they're putting Gallows and Anderson with AJ just to keep their contract from running out. Well. Sometimes, okay, well, 
we can probably talk about Keithley. I feel bad that I kept having to go back to stuff. Because that was a great match. Sorry. It's fine. It's it's fine. Um, I don't see a problem with with the heel stables. I I like to hate them, so it doesn't matter to me either way. I don't mind it, but it's now everybody's sick of it because she's been champion for a year now. And Asuka was champion for two years. I don't know if they're trying to get her to break Asuka's record or come close, but she's halfway there now. And if that, I think if they keep going at this rate with Shayna Baszler, it's not going to do the company or anybody any good because the matches, they either don't live up to their potential or it's really one-sided. Yeah. And you just be like, well, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to see that. We all know who's going to win, so we're not going to watch it. Which is unfortunate because you could be having some really fun matches. Like that match you had with Ripley and and, Bay and um, Bianca Belair, that was a good match. If Bianca was champion, you could have had something like that on a takeover. And it could have been two times worse, two times better than that. So that's just me. But okay. let's, let's, let's move into Keith Lee and um, Roderick Strong and how we got to Finn Balor. The and, match is- um, Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah. Dijakovic. <laughs> I love his name. I do. That match was awesome. It was so, it was so many twists and turns in that match, and you really, you really thought that Keith Lee was gonna get it. There was a time where Dijakovic almost had it, and I was like, "Damn, Roderick might lose the title tonight." But he did what any heel would do, and he was able to slither in and get the win after Dajakovic and Keith Lee was basically beating the hell out of each other for the 80,000th time. So, hmm. moving into the final moments of the show, Ciampa came out after all Undisputed Era came out there to congratulate Strong. Ciampa came out with his um, crutch. Then Johnny Gargano came out there, and then Finn Balor came out there. They was all in the ring together. It seemed like they were having an understanding that it's us against them. Balor took off his coat like he was about to attack Cole, and he ended up kicking Gargano. I've never seen anybody do this. So when he did it, I had to rewind it to make sure I saw what I saw. I was like, oh, okay. It's a heel turn. Now, prior to this show, Finn Balor has been hinting at the turn. He changed his Instagram. His Instagram went from white to gray to black. He was doing the finger gun thing, and Nicole had mentioned it on the last podcast. And I went back and watched NXT, and I was like, he did do that shit. Then he was on WWE backstage that Tuesday, and he said, the prince is back. And I was like... Nobody, nobody knew what he was talking about. Nobody caught it. Nobody caught what he was saying. Nobody knew. Now, he did that 1916 on Gargano on the ramp because he was getting up. He did not help them take out nobody. They attacked Ciampa. It was four on one. He slithered off the ring. Gargano's out there on the outskirts. He attacks Gargano again. 
and the 1916 on that ramp, on the pure metal ramp, they took him out on a stretcher after the show was over. And right now he's listed as day-to-day possibly inactive due to, uh, what they say, it was some type of brain thing. Oh, shit. So I don't know if that's kayfabe or if he really got injured, but I'm thinking it's kayfabe. It's kayfabe. It's kayfabe. So he protected him. He did. He did cradle him right, but it looked like Finn took him out bad. So that oh, was so like yeah, well, uh, 1916 was called Bloody Sunday when he used to do it in New Japan when he was Prince Devitt. So I don't know if he might try to call it that again mm-hmm. because that was one of those things like he did that move when he was in WWE when he be, like when he got to WWE he didn't do it often no but he would do it like very 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 so often because he usually used to get he got you know he got his his wins via pinfall right which I think he honestly should have a submission. I think he should have a submission move. I I, that's the same thing how I feel about Bailey. Um, mm-hmm. She's the only horse woman who doesn't have a submission move, especially if you're a heel. Right. <clears throat> but it was just so fucking good. It was. I was just sitting there like, oh shit. And I'm like, he was real evil with it. And I'm like, this is about to be interesting. Now, technically, Chop was a face right now. There, and most of the people at the top, it's pretty even when it comes to the heels and the faces. You got Gargano and Ciampa, and then you've got Cole with Undisputed Era, and you now you have Finn Balor as a heel. I'm interested to see what they do with this because. Finn, it looked like Finn was going after Cole. And if Finn is the heel taking out Adam Cole, you got a whole situation going on there. And Undisputed Era and Cole, to me, that would be it for them. Like, where would they go after that? Uh, My thing, I, I saw this, but I don't know how I feel about it. I saw some people speculating that maybe, um, because he had, he's been like obviously he's been like a heel since he like started, like him turn like Cole like undisputed turning on him and then him and then basically like Finn taking over and I don't know doing some like just re- redoing like the Bullet Club basically because he hasn't done that really like he's never full gone fully stop with it. I still say he should do it the way Nicole said. Like I thought her idea was real cool. What like taking I, I it back. What I said. What you, I said. <laughs> you said a couple podcasts back that you felt like Finn Balor should be reintroduced back to WWE, and the way they should do it is put him in as a heel and have him take out AJ Styles and reform the Bullet Club because he was the original. Um creator of the club and he was like just take out AJ or make it seem like you're he was his friend and he's like no I'm the original I'm the H, I'm the, the the original 
um, of the Bullet Club, and you was like, just take him out, and that's how you start his heel run as the Bullet Club leader, or the former Bullet Club leader. Yeah, because AJ never was a leader, technically, in Bullet Club, because after Finn left, it was Carl Anderson. Oh. So it was Carl Anderson, and a lot of people like to forget that. So it was Carl A. Anderson, and then um, Kenny Omega showed up, and then that's when it starts getting a little a little shuffling and stuff. That's when it gets weird. And then you have, like, the Bucks in there and, and Cody's and all that. And that's when, like, Bullet Club was kind of a mess to me. But, yeah, so that's what, like, AJ Tiger, he never was. He was just the face of it because, like, that's how they marketed him. But he, t- he never was the leader. It was Carl. Hmm. I did not know that. The only thing I knew about the Bullet Club when one of them was getting signed to uh, WWE or somewhere else, they would always beat their ass. And that was kind of like your way of saying, oh, they're going to show back up here in, a, in another company here in a little bit. Yeah. It's, well, it's that's like, some gang shit. Yeah, that's some gang. You got jumped in and you jumped out. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, they used to do that. They did that to, to Cole, too. Anytime someone... I think the only people who I don't remember that happening to Carl and Gal um, Anderson and Gallows. I don't remember that happening to them. But yeah, they did it to Cole. They did it to Kenny. They did it. Uh, well, no, they didn't do it to Kenny. He just kind of like it was again. That was just a whole mess. Um, but yeah, yeah, they would always get jumped out. That is some That's real a whole lot of whole that lot. Is some gang yeah. shit. Um, yeah, but. I mean, that was all his idea, so that's why I said, I was like, that's why nobody in AEW shouldn't say anything smart about him, because he's, like, a catalyst of how they're even in the position that they were in right now. Oh, Lord. Except for Cody. I would have liked to see Cody got his ass whooped. (laughs) You just might. All you gotta do is watch football gear. Just saying. All I don't right. see Cody Rhodes beating him, so it's not like he's gonna be champion. I think it should be a minute before he's champion of, of his company, anyway. But I just don't see him beating Jericho. That's just me. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, after an action-packed NXT, we went to an ultra-crappy SmackDown. Um, I'm sorry, the first two minutes when you have Hogan and Flair out there popping with each other, I, it, it took me right out of it. I was just like, are you for real? Like, yeah. This is, how you, this is how you open your show? We still got a hype up crown jewel. May not like it, but damn the facts, baby. Let's talk about Shorty G real quick. Who the <laughs> hell told him that screen gear was good because I I have no taste whatsoever but when you look like you stole those clothes from like some kid on his way to peewee basketball <laughs> you got a problem dude like what was wrong with you seeing those little short shorts because I, I, I wasn't complaining but oh my god I wasn't Help her, Lord. She don't know no better. Help no, her. I mean, <laughs> it. 
he like he came out and I looked at him and I was like, what the hell are you wearing? Well, it's his ring gear. It ain't like WWE was like, yeah, put this on. He he had to be smart enough to tell. Oh, God. <laughs> I was just like, I looked at her and I was like, the age. sweetheart okay like no um that promo just kind of took me out of it because unless until roman told baron to shut up and we like it when he does stupid stuff because it makes us laugh kind of um what is up with cesaro's new gear because i don't know why he wrestles in track shoots and tennis shoes i'm very confused I don't like that they changed his his theme music. I'm so used to the siren, and now it's gone. Huh. I was like, where, where, where's the siren? No, no siren? Okay, okay. Um, and this is what he's wrestling in now. Who's dressing these men? Who are dressing these men? They might have dressed themselves. They dress it themselves. Was a lot. Mm. That was that match. That match was pretty good because everybody got to see the uh, whatever you know. They kind of brought out the best in everybody, and then uh, Ali picked up the win, which I was like, "All right, I'm happy that Ali got the pin." <laughs> but other than that, I really can't think of anything on SmackDown that that happened. Really there were no women's I, matches? No, there was there was women matches. There was Nikki Cross and Mandy Rhodes, because that's the one I asked Harley. I said, who do, you, who do you like more, the girl in green or the girl with the blonde hair? And she said blonde hair, and I said, you're disowned. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> that was horrible. I was joking with her. And then what was the other? Oh, Lacey had, like, a five-second match with some wannabe Naomi rip off. I hey, saw that. I was I, very confused. I can understand that. I was working. I can just like see it as it's playing on one of the screens. And I was like, is that Naomi? And I was like, they wouldn't have her to lose. And I was like, no, that's not her. That body type isn't right. I'm like, what? Like, it was very weird. Yeah. If Naomi was coming back, there's no way they would get for a commercial break entrance. I just didn't understand why they had that that woman on there. Like, I was very, very confused. And I'm like, why does she resemble Naomi so much in gear, her hair? I was just like, what's going on here? Like, why, why can't you just bring the real Naomi in? Well, she's coming back soon. I guess she's advertised for... Um, a live event for in like a couple of weeks, in like a week or two. Yeah, when's she gonna be on my TV again? That's the real question. Probably soon. If she's advertised for a live event, she'll probably pop up before then. Well, which show she gonna show up on? I say SmackDown. I put her on SmackDown. I put her and the Usos on SmackDown. I agree. 
SmackDown's the more entertaining show, in my opinion. Wow, Xavier's injured, so he's supposed to be out for a little, not no more than a year. Then at the max, he could be gone is a year. So well, a lot of stuff is happening with Kofi because they don't they don't want the New Day tag team to go down. So Kofi is being pulled from singles competition. And he's being put back with exam with Big E until further notice. At least that's the rumor. Well, WWE actually did some great foreshadowing. And I forgot what Instagram account it was. And if I ever find you again, I will credit you. And it's when they were talking, when um, New Day was talking to Heavy Machinery and Tucker was like, yeah, Kofi, you seem so happy after, after your loss and no rematch. And Kofi's like, oh, I'm fine. Just spread in the positivity. You know, he's like that fake smile you do when inside you just want to lose your ever-loving mind. Yeah. If you look at his hand, the more he talks, he's, he, like, crushes the pancake that he's holding. Oh. Like, and I was like, and I didn't realize that. And then I saw that Instagram account. I was like, oh, oh shit. That makes total sense. Are you going back to heal New Day? I don't know, but I if, I swear to God, because they're going to be there. If Kofi does not jump in that match and fuck with Brock Lesnar in some way, shape, or form, I'm going to be like, that's a fuck WWE, first of all, continuously. But if, if Kofi does not get involved somehow with that match and him and Big E turn heel, I wouldn't mind that for a while. Okay. Uh, um, SmackDown really wasn't, besides the last match, SmackDown really wasn't, it was just basically fluff for Did that anything show. happened with Velasquez and Lesnar? Oh, okay. Ray came out, did another promo with Velasquez, and okay. then it cut to the back, Heyman's there. Like, I'm still wondering when Heyman's going to stop showing up on SmackDown because if he's supposed to be running things at Raw, isn't this cross-sectioning? Or, like, should it be like, if you are doing this, you don't need to be on the show. We need you here all the time. You don't need, if we're going to Alaska, we don't need you in Kentucky. Does that make sense? Well, um, Alexis, the, the way I see it is he is his advocate and he's going to go wherever Lesnar goes, even though he runs Raw. And at the time that Fox SmackDown is on, Raw is over and done with. So he can pretty also, much go. His, his position is acknowledged on screen as well. Right. So that's also, that's like a, um, a bit different too. And he's not an on-screen on talent like William Regal is for NXT. You know what I'm saying? So it'd be weird to watch William Regal advocate for, I don't know, Bobby Lashley. And he's like, it was, it was, I'll put it this way Drake Maverick being manager for the AOP and operating as the general manager of 205 Live was odd to me. Mm. So, because he was on air talent, you saw him on 205 Live, you know that he was general manager. And then he was moved into the main roster as the, the, um, manager of AOP. It just was weird. 
So I would say that is a conflict of interest, but you're not going to, they're not going to stop with Lesnar because Lesnar and Paul Heyman work well together and Lesnar needs Heyman in order for him to work. That's the only thing he's got going for him. Big titty tramp stamp having stuck a meat. Oh, Jesus. I don't give a shit. What's she gonna do? Go <laughs> to my house and try to scream at me, and I'll be like, my five year old is more vicious than you. Like, fuck you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, anyway, basically, human sack of mutated meat kills Dominic again. They take what? the bag and Dominic was there with Ray and Velasquez and brought pretty much killed him again. Did so he killed him? Yeah, like we're waiting for the respawn of Dominic yet again. Craig hasn't done Jack in a month. And then um, Brock goes in there, beats everybody up with a trash can, including uh, Velasquez. And then they go to commercial. And then they come back, and it's this weird ass transition because it's Velasquez. You think for a man who just took a beating with a trash can, he would like, you know, be like, oh, let's kayfabe, put some blood on you, or here's some quick makeup, like bruising or whatever. He's standing up, flexing, like he just not get hit by a fucking trash can, because I have been hit by a trash can. That shit hurts, first of all. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'll tell you later why I got hit by a trash can. It's a long story. And um, he's standing there, like he cuts the most weirdest promo it makes no sense he keeps switching out between english and spanish and he's just he's basically screaming at the camera and i'm like what the fuck did he just say and he's not selling it at all you know like if you sell a shot you know the guy's like holding something or he's limping or you know he's just standing there like you know shoulder or whatever and he's like screaming at this camera and i'm like what the fuck is this man saying like what Okay, okay, stop, stop spinning on the camera, Kane. That just cost a lot of money. It was, it was a hot fucking mess, is what it was, and I should know. So it was, you know, it was absolutely stupid. I can't. 